The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today I'm going to be putting today's headlines on the couch as uh, I have been having want to do more and more, I guess because the headlines are just so unbelievable that they bear um, some analysis and discussion. And hopefully um, I can provide somewhat of an island of sanity by uh, looking behind the headlines, you know, looking at these things from a psychological point of view. Um, But before I get into that, I just want to say, you know, I'm sitting here in Malibu looking out at the ocean, and uh, it's a very windy day, and the ocean is very um, choppy. Uh, The waves are really high. The surf is high. There are white caps on the ocean. It is a very troubled ocean. And it strikes me that, um, that it's a metaphor for the world today. Um, whether it is terrorism, whether it is the economy that people keep trying to tell us is going better when it really isn't, or at least we're not feeling it individually, um, whether it's the uh, Miss Universe pageant that got screwed up in Vegas, whether it's even worse at the same time, more or less, in Vegas outside, um, there was the woman who drove into a Las Vegas crowd, Um, whether it's the airline that had to make an emergency landing in Kenya because of a fake bomb in the restroom, or a piece of good news that I'll talk about some more. Um, Ironically, in Kenya, just after that, there was a bus that was attacked by al-Shabaab, and the Muslims shielded the Christians and prevented the uh, terrorists from from killing them, and and on and on. But you know, aside from all these things that are happening in the world, um, have you been noticing in your world uh, how much? Well, how all of this is having such a ripple effect? How it's affecting everyone? You know, it's it's um, people are creating the news and people are reacting to the news, uh, but. You know, there seems to be an increasing uh, amount of meanness in the world. The holidays um, so far really haven't seem, seemed quite as bright. I don't know if you've been noticing this, but where I am, there aren't quite as many decorations, Christmas or holiday decorations, um, as there used to be in years past. People seem a little less 
um, oh, what, a little less <laughs> euphoric, excited. Uh, it's kind of like forced. Um, and it's, it's trying to celebrate the holidays, enjoy the holidays, while all of this unrest, all of these waves are going on in the world, and it is really difficult. But um, I, I guess, so I guess I'm trying to, I want to tell you two things. One is you have to be on the lookout um, it, for yourself and for those around you, uh, to, you know, friends and family, coworkers. Um, if anyone is seeming particularly sad, troubled, um, it's, it's really important for you to reach out to them and just provide some random acts of kindness, and um, some, if it's someone you feel you can talk to like this, suggest to them that perhaps they get help. Um, this is a really hard time for people. And um, it is important not to just try to uh, struggle through it, but to get help if you can see that you need it, or to get help for other people if you can see that they need it. And... Um, and then also, um, it's you know it it is a time a year to um, maybe make a little extra effort to not only enjoy the holidays for yourself, but to make sure people around you enjoy them. You know, <laughs> not by baking a fruitcake necessarily, that, um, but by by doing other things involving people. Perhaps there are people who um, you can tell are, are going to be alone for the holidays and reaching out to them and, and inviting them to wherever it is that you're going to be or to your home. Um, because this is a particularly difficult year and... Um, these kinds of gestures are particularly needed. Okay, now let's talk about some of these crazy headlines. Well, all right, Las Vegas, Miss Universe. Um, this actually, as, as many of you probably know already, um, Steve Harvey totally screwed up. <laughs> you know, if, if this happens sometimes to people who get too complacent, people who are in the media, um, I mean, he has his own show, he's been in the media a ton, and um, apparently there are reports that before the Miss, America, Miss Universe pageant, he was seen gambling and drinking and missed some rehearsals. Well, unfortunately, um, that had an impact because when he announced the winner, he announced it as Miss Columbia, who is Ariadna Gutierrez, instead of Miss Philippines, Pia Alonso Wurzbach. And um, if you have seen, as I have, the video of the show, of this moment, um, I didn't see the whole Miss Universe pageant, but I saw this ending part, and it was painful. <laughs> it was incredibly painful. First, he announced, um, you know, the winner of Miss, Uni Miss Universe 2015 is, um, is Miss Columbia, Ariadna Gutierrez. And Ariadna walks over to the center of the stage, and, of course, she's thrilled and she's crying, and, and everybody's, you know, erupting into applause, and the audience and the girls are going crazy, and, you know, it's all very exciting. And then, you see, um, he has this moment where... Um, probably somebody drew his attention to it, that he had made the wrong announcement. And so he starts walking back towards um, Miss Columbia, 
and start saying, I apologize, I made a mistake, this is a terrible mistake, it's all my fault, etc., uh, etc. Et and he holds up the card, which has on it um, the second runner-up, which was Miss USA, and the first runner-up, which was Miss Columbia. And then the card said that Miss Philippines was actually the winner. Um, and apparently on the teleprompter, they don't put who the winner is because they don't want the, uh, the other girls on the stage to react before um, the host, Steve Harvey in this case, announces it. So, but the girls saw that on the teleprompter, it did in fact say um, that Miss Philippines, it said something about Miss Philippines, you can take your walk now, something like that, to you know, have her take the walk as Miss Universe. And so the girls were confused. You could see it on their faces. And then, um, you know, and Miss Philippines was standing there looking at this and not, and here Steve Harvey is saying, oh, I apologize. And she's, you know, confused. She's afraid to believe that, yes, indeed, she's Miss Universe. And um, everyone is just, you know, they're deer in headlights. And... So in the end, of course, he announced that he made the mistake that Miss Philippines is actually Miss Universe, and she comes, and the saddest moment of all was when um, the, um, the crown was taken off Miss Columbia's head and put on the head of Miss Philippines. I mean, that was just, your heart had to sink for Miss Columbia. And... Um, Oh, you know, Miss Philippines looked a little guilty, um, but, you know, obviously she's not going to turn down the crown. Uh, And then apparently afterwards, Miss Columbia tried to make the best of it. She said, oh, things happen for a reason, and she tried to not look as devastated as she clearly was. Um, So... So then, then there were um, apparently Miss Columbia put some things on um, on Instagram that said something like that said that she was the true winner. Um, well, you know, if she whatever she it was something like that. If she, you know, to, to the extent that that that's what she meant, <laughs> um, it was a it was a it was part of her trying to sort of recoup her dignity. Um, trying to deal with this moment, I actually think that there's going to be that you know this is going to scar her for life. I mean, because these girls don't just walk on the stage one night and and compete for Miss Universe. They've had to have won um, pageants before to get up to having won their country, you know, Miss Columbia or Miss Philippines, and it you know it took it took. <laughs> A, lo- a lots of hard work um, to get to this point, and so it wasn't just "oops, I made a mistake." I mean, these were this was the the life dream of these women, and so um, it's going to have to scar Miss Columbia um, to have further repercussions than just this night. And so, what I think should be done is that there should be co-winners. The, the pageant should acknowledge its mistake, and um, and they should make both Miss Columbia, who was, after all, first runner-up. It's not like she didn't win anything. She <laughs> she was close, 
and she, they should just, you know, acknowledge their mistake and make them both co-winners because, um, because surely there are enough things, you know, enough um, events that Miss Universe goes to, um, you know, representing Miss Universe and so on, that there would be enough to share. <laughs> and um, I think that's the only right thing to do. And, of course, Donald Trump said that, um, that I mean, he had to have sold, he sold the pageant um, just recently. I mean, this is the first year that it wasn't under his control. And because, you know, after he had made comments that he did early on in the campaign about Mexican immigration, illegal immigration, um, their NBC and Univision, I believe, you know, they, there were... Uh, there were problems with the pageant, and he wound up selling it. And as he said, you know, nothing like this did happen under his reign. And um, and as he has said, that uh, it wouldn't have happened had he still been <laughs> continuing to be in charge of the pageant. Of course, there are some people who are saying they think it was a publicity stunt. I don't think that, um, you know, I, I, I because... Steve Harvey wouldn't have wanted to um, have this mark on his career for a publicity stunt. It really wouldn't have been worth it uh, to him to do that. So it's just a really sad situation, and I'm really concerned for Miss Columbia. Um, and as I said, I think that they should try to solve it by making them both co-winners. Well, all right, we need to take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the next tragedy that happened in Las Vegas over the weekend. Um, a little bit more of a tragedy. It kind of puts tragedies in perspective, and that is the driver who um, drove into the Las Vegas crowd on the Strip. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
talking with you today about the headlines, going behind them, putting them on my couch, trying to make sense of them, which is very, very difficult to do. Here is uh, a tragedy that is harder to make sense of even than um, Steve Harvey having had too much to drink and too much gambling and missing rehearsals and screwing up the Miss Universe pageant. Um, uh, and uh, right outside the door um, was a more serious tragedy, um, putting this into perspective. The, a woman named Lakeisha Holloway um, drove her car onto the sidewalk on the Strip in Las Vegas. And um, I'll try as I might to, um, you know, search the Internet for reasons. I mean, that's the thing. We read these news stories, and we, you know, whatever it is, um, whether it's the San Bernardino terrorists or um, just anything that's going on in the world, um, we all get caught up, or at least I get caught up. You know, as a psychiatrist, I want to understand why. What was going through that person's head when they did, you know, something outrageous? And Lakeisha Holloway um, is a is a sad and interesting story. Of course, what's sadder is that when she drove on the sidewalk in Las Vegas, um, she ended up killing one person, one pedestrian, and injuring scores of others. Um, she, I think that, um, what's probably going to turn out, what's going to turn out to be, uh, as far as why she did that, and, and yes, it was intentional. There's no question that it was intentional because the people, the witnesses, uh, could see that and the video cameras around could see that because there were times when she ran up on the sidewalk and then stopped and then started again, you know, drove up on the sidewalk again and continued mowing down pedestrians. So it wasn't like the brakes failed or, you know, some other reason uh, like that. I mean, a car failure or a flat tire that blew out or something like that. You know, clearly it was all very purposeful. But the question still remains why. And... um I think that it's going to turn out, although it's still, still, I don't have the answer as to why she chose to do that, but I think that she was um, probably suffering from um, manic depressive illness. She was in a manic phase of manic depressive illness is my speculation as to what it's going to turn out to be. It could also be drugs. Um, the supposedly they, they didn't think that it was alcohol, although you know from witnesses or from reports, um, but it c- could still be drugs. Um, what, what's interesting and, and sad is that well, what she, what she said after she did this, um, she you know it's interesting after she mowed down you know scores of people, she then drove to um, a, a hotel where she asked the valet to call 911. She, she turned herself in, so, which is another indication that, that, that she had somewhat of her wits about her. Um, you know, and it's also, it also makes you wonder, though, why... I mean, it's another piece of the puzzle that's kind of confusing as to why she would turn herself in. But in any case, she told detectives when she was arrested that she had a stressful time on Sunday. <laughs> 
Oh, um, yeah, no, not as stressful as the people she mowed down. Um, she said that she had she was having a stressful period that day on Sunday because wherever she went, she she had been sleep, she had been in Vegas for a week and she was sleeping in her car and she had her three year old baby with her in the back seat who fortunately wasn't injured. But um, she said that that day she had been trying to rest, trying to sleep inside her car. And she kept being run off by security on the properties that she would park at to try to go to sleep. So, uh, I mean, that's unfortunate and all, but it still doesn't really explain why you then, I mean, she was angry, okay? She was angry at these people who were shooing her away. Um, there's, you know, there are reports that she may have had a falling out with the baby's father and that, in fact, she may have been dry on her way to find the baby's father in Texas. She's from Oregon. Um, but, you know, there are still, every, the, the information about her is, is still rather sketchy. Um, she, let's see. Um, she talked that she had a difficult childhood. The, the really sad part is that um, apparently she did have a difficult childhood. She, her mother, um, she said that her mother turned to alcohol, leaving her to fend for herself. And she was homeless during her freshman year in high school, but she since graduated. And um, she was... She she was awarded, she was put in, she had a, um, was taken in by a, a company, uh, the Portland Opportunities Industrial Center. They um, gave her an opportunity to finish high school, and she even went to college, and she was working for the forestry service, uh, although she was saying that she was homeless. So it's not clear, you know, what happened there, what changed. Um, but... She won, in 2012, she won an award from this Portland career mentoring nonprofit uh, organization for being a role model because um, she, you know, had gone from such a, from such a sad childhood, uh, obstacles in her childhood, to, um, to, you know, bettering herself and finishing high school and starting college. Um, she talked about how her... Uh, mother had turned to alcohol when she was growing up, when Lakeisha was growing up, because she was struggling to make ends meet, and she only had an eighth grade education, and that's how Lakeisha found herself homeless as a freshman in high school. Um, she was driving a 1996 Oldsmobile when, when she, you know, plowed everyone down on the street, and apparently that was, that was. Uh, now, of course, she has. Um, she has co cousins coming out, relatives coming out, you know, saying that, as as always happens in a tragedy like this, uh, people come out and say, I don't know how that happened. She was such a wonderful person. I don't know how that happened. Yes, and obviously at one time, which is why I think it was mental illness um, and manic depressive illness, um, that that at one time she did in fact win this award that was supposed to be uh, where she was supposed to be a role model for other high school students um, you know who were trying to overcome difficult childhoods and so she you know she did she was able to accomplish a lot and it's so tragic that after having gotten herself out of this childhood 
um, and winning this award and going to school and all this hard work that she would win, end up in this kind of a situation where she not only hurt herself, her I mean, her life is done, but um, obviously, literally hurt and killed other people. Um, I... You know, there there are. It seems this there have been a, a number of other people who have plowed um, their car into pedestrians. There was um, a woman, Adacia Chambers, also in her twenties, who plowed her car into people um, watching the Oklahoma homecoming parade in October. Uh, in that case, her defense attorney is saying that she's mentally ill but the judge has ruled that she's competent to stand trial so we don't know what's going to be happening to her um, then there's also Rashad Owens who drove her car into a crowd at a music festival um, and currently uh, Lakeisha is in jail on suicide watch which I think is a smart move because obviously um, you know, the same, I mean, it was in a sense committing suicide by doing what she did. If she was able to tell right from wrong, which we don't know quite yet, uh, although it kind of seems that she was if she was doing this so purposefully. Um, but, you know, so, so a lot of these things are still, are still left to be seen. But um, what is sad is and she's being charged with murder, of course, with a deadly, murder with a deadly weapon, uh, leaving the scene of an accident, uh, also child abuse, you know, bringing her, car, her child, leaving her, having her child in the car. Um, so she's accused of child abuse, neglect, or endangerment. So these are all felonies. Um, now, in, there's a 2012 video where she's winning the award from the Portland Opportunities Industrialization Center, and she says, boy, have I come a long ways. Uh, I was a scared little girl who knew that there was more to life outside of crime, drug addiction, lower income, alcoholism, being undereducated, all of which I grew up with being familiar with. Um, so after all of that, which is, which is why I really think that, um, that it is going to turn out for her to... I mean, it's also possible that she was that she is schizophrenic and was perhaps listening to voices doing this as well. But um, she's clearly going to have a psychiatric evaluation and some of these things will come out. But, you know, I, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, um, it's so important to reach out to people because really did, did nobody in her life, her coworkers, um, perhaps she stopped we don't know if when or if she stopped working, um, but coworkers, family, these cousins who are coming out now and saying she was this wonderful woman, she didn't, you know, she would never do such a thing. Um, where were they when she was obviously starting to have problems? I mean, why did she end up in Las Vegas for a week living out of her car? That's when the whole problem started, and why didn't anybody know that that's what she was doing? And she apparently didn't have any money left. How was she going to take care of this child? It's really sad also 
that she didn't, you know, having been benefited in the past from social services, this this organization that allowed her, um, mentored her, and got her to to be graduated from high school and so on. Um, it's sad that she didn't reach out to some kind of social service organization, either that one or someone in Las Vegas, you know, just go up to a policeman and uh, tell him what the situation is. But we really have to look out for each other in these troubled waters during these troubled times um, to stop tragedies like this. And then, of course, there are even more of the more subtle kinds of tragedies um, where people are drinking themselves to death slowly, not mowing people down on a street. Well, um, we need to take another break. When we come back, we'll look at more headlines. Um, and I know, I don't mean to depress you with all these things. I'm trying to, trying to, uh, I can't help it if the headlines are depressing, but, but I'm trying to help you by making sense of these and, 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 and gathering from them um, teachable moments that we can all learn from. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, putting headlines on the couch and trying to make sense of them. Now here's, a, here's one that's kind of hard to make sense of. Um, I was just talking about the woman who plowed her car into pedestrians in Las Vegas this weekend. Now, one of the one victim who was killed was named Jessica Valenzuela, and she was just uh, she is described as a loving mother of three young daughters and a faithful churchgoer. She was 32. Um, she recently celebrated her 10th wedding anniversary with her husband. And um, according to the pastor at her church, she, they, he said that uh, she had recently started attending weekly Bible study classes. Now, you know, of course it makes you scratch your head. What? <laughs> Here's this loving mother of three children 
and and um, a, a faithful churchgoer doing Bible study, um, how is it that fate or the universe or whatever you believe in, um, God, whatever you believe in, why would God do? So, why would God do such a thing? Um, you know, she was a faithful churchgoer. Why would he, of all the people who were going to be injured or killed, why would he pick her to to be killed? And I don't have the answer to that. Um, you know, I uh, but. I mean, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, <laughs> I've read that book. <laughs> there's, there's really, even that, there's really no good answer to that either, except for the fact that, you know, perhaps there are some lessons that will eventually be learned. Um, obviously, you know, um, years later, one might be able to make sense of that. Perhaps this would... For example, and I'm just making this up because there's no way to know, but perhaps um, of her three children, maybe one or two or three of them will grow up after having had this tragic loss of their mother to um, to, to become to do something in life where they um, work to help others in some way, um, you know, to, to be to take care of others or to be more sensitive to others or to have a more um, a, a, a life where they um, are more concerned with committing rac- random acts of, of kindness. Not that they weren't going to do that to begin with if she was a loving mother. I mean, it, is, it does strain um, one's ability to make sense of any of this. And, and um, the only thing we can do is to... Um, is to keep trying to um, live our own lives in a sense, in a way that, well, first of all, that uh, that doesn't, that realizes that each moment can be our last. I mean, I'll bet you uh, many of you have, if not uh, most of my listeners, I'll bet, or many of you, I know there are people listening all over the world, so I shouldn't say most, but many of you probably have been to Las Vegas, as I have many times, and walked down the street uh, on the strip. It could have been any of us at some random time, which is why it's so important that we live our lives not counting on the next minute, but um, on doing what we can today to leave a legacy, to um, be loving towards other people, and to we can't control. There are certain things that we can't control. There's no way that people walking down the strip should have known that they were taking their life in their hands. Um, it's not that they did anything wrong, in other words. So... Um, we yes, these random awful things happen, and the only thing that we can do to try to make sense of that is to try to live our own life to the fullest, um, and not waste any moments um, doing stupid, unimportant <laughs> things, um, no less things that are mean to people, which is one of the things that I, I you know, I, I wanted to talk about, um, and I, as I mentioned that that we have to stop this epidemic of meanness. You just have to look at an article on the Internet and you see all these mean comments. It could be about anything. It doesn't matter what the article is about. People find ways to say mean things um, regardless of what the article is. They just, they just start fights amongst each other, amongst the other people who are making comments. And that's such a waste of time, and it's just spreading meanness and, and making the world a more horrible place for all of us. 
All right, let me get to the next headline. Um, the next headline is this is one that really makes me angry. Um, I've talked before on the show about um, the the um, the Sandra Bland um, arrest and suicide, well, alleged suicide. Uh, Sandra Bland was a 28-year-old black woman who was arrested, pulled over by a state trooper for a minor traffic violation. Um, he was very, you may have seen the video of this, I did. He was very um, rough and, in fact, in fact, the Texas Department of Public Safety, the director, has said that this um, man um, violated internal policies of professionalism and courtesy during the traffic stop. Anyhow, uh, she, all she did was make an improper lane change, and now she's dead. So she was arrested, she was put in jail, and three days after she was put in jail, she is dead, was dead. <laughs> and the jail, the sheriff, and the sheriff's officials and the jailers all have said that she hanged herself. Um, she supposedly took a uh, committed suicide by hanging herself with a plastic garbage bag. Now, um, first of all, there shouldn't be a plastic garbage bag in somebody's cell. Um, and especially, apparently, she had a history of having tried to... Um, kill herself once before, but at this particular time, she was just about to start a new job at her alma mater, her college. She, it was, it was, she was, it was, these were happy times. <laughs> she was not planning on killing herself. Um, and so clearly, in my opinion, something went wrong in that jail. And Well, when she was arrested, she was quite... Um, What's the word? Was quite, um, you know, she didn't. She, she didn't just uh, go meekly and um, and listen to the officer. Um, she, you know, she did kind of uh, um, put up a verbal fight at least, um, and she was she was angry. And, um, you know, she was saying that he was just pushing her around, that he was abusing his power and so on, which, of course, made him angrier. And so the news is no charges for bland jailers, but arrest to face scrutiny. So a, a, grand, jury, a grand jury just decided that um, it is not the fault of the sheriff or the jailers that she is dead. You know, they're saying that she committed suicide on her own volition, and nothing that they did was wrong or bad, um, and they're just, they're just whitewashing it. Now, interestingly, um, they, nobody, uh, they didn't have the family, they didn't consult the family on any of this. The family is suing as well they should, um, but they didn't consult the family for, to get more information and so on. And, um, you know, they, they looked at the, the, um, Grand jury looked at, there's video, there's a lot of video from the patrol car of the officer who arrested her, from the, um, the cars of the other police officers who responded. There's video of her arriving and being processed at the jail and the jailers interacting with her. Um, clearly, they should have checked on her more frequently. They should have performed a mental, well, they should have performed a mental evaluation when they saw, 
you know, how she was acting, um, that so upset that, that he, his arrest got her that upset. And, um, and they're claiming that she gave the, the workers of the jail inconsistent information about whether she had ever been or was suicidal. But, you know, this was clearly she was shamed. Um, this was, here, here life was looking up. She was going to start this job at her alma mater college, and um, she gets totally, totally treated brutally brutally by this officer who arrested her. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good enough reason for anybody to commit, well, to commit suicide, yes, and I don't think that she did. Um, I think that the people in the jail, the officers, you know, were angry at her, didn't like the fact that she would talk back to this officer, and, um, and either drove her to suicide by their continued taunting of her or treating her badly, or else um, somehow, you know, somehow made it that um, that plastic bag got over her head and, and she, and she um, was killed. So that is unfortunate. Now, the only good news with that is that they are still going to be looking into the um, actions of the officer who arrested her. And I, I'm pretty sure that uh, this is Trooper Brian Encinia, and I'm pretty sure that uh, he is going to be punished. He has been um, on leave ever since this event happened. So, uh, you know, he's going to get some kind of punishment, but that's not going to bring her back. All right, let's go to the next piece of news. Let's see. Um, the next, th- another headline is um, the, the two uh, ironic events that occurred in Kenya, first, there was the Air France plane that uh, made an emergency landing in Kenya because um, someone had put a um, an object that was supposed to look like a bomb. It was made up of cardboard, paper, and a kitchen timer, and it was put in the bathroom in a cupboard in the bathroom. And, um, but when it was found, obviously, uh, you know, they took the right precautions and they made an emergency landing. Um, it was, the flight was going from Mauritius to Paris. And, um, so they diverted it to Kenya and, you know, none of the, the passengers did have to, uh, be, um, let out of the plane. Um, but, you know, and they had to go down slides and so on to uh, to leave the plane, but they were safe. Nothing, you know, nothing. They weren't they weren't injured, um, and they got back on the plane eventually when it was um, or got back on another plane. They they wound up in they ended up in Paris like they were supposed to, albeit a bit late. Um, and now the latest news is that in they in France they detained a retired policeman. Um, and, you know, they're looking for who did it, of course, and they believe that it had to have been someone who was a passenger on the plane, and uh, because it was a fake bomb, so they wouldn't, it wasn't like a suicide bomber. Um, and so they're, they've been investigating, questioning various people, and right now they're looking at this 58-year-old retired policeman. They're not saying um, what nationality the policeman is, um, 
but and it landed in Mombasa in Kenya and and so that's you know that's still under investigation um, but ironically while also in Kenya um, a bus was just attacked by Al Shabaab and this this story has a happier ending i mean that story didn't have a horrible ending the passengers were safe but um you know but we don't need to hear more about more things happening on airlines, whether they are fake bombs or real bombs, um, needless to say, with everybody, with people traveling over the holidays and just in general having to travel for work and so on, these kinds of stories are not very comforting. Well, we need to take another break. <laughs> we'll be back with the happier story. Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the headlines, trying to make sense of them, looking at them from a psychological perspective, and trying to create an oasis of sanity. <laughs> although that's getting more and more difficult. Um, but I promised you a positive story. Um, the positive story is that in Kenya, although uh, just right before um, there was the Air France plane that had to make an emergency landing because of a fake bomb in the bathroom of the plane, um, there, you know, and as I was saying, nobody was hurt, was injured in that, but obviously the passengers weren't too happy about having to disembark. I'm sure they were very frightened and they were delayed and everything else. But on a positive note, in Kenya, um, there was an attack on a bus. That's not the positive part. The positive part is that the Muslims on the bus shielded the Christians when al-Shabaab attacked the bus. Now, in Kenya, um, the MO of al-Shabaab is to launch a raid, single out Christians, 
and then spray them with bullets. So they ambushed a bus on Monday, this past, yesterday, and when they did, um, they asked the Muslim, there were 100 passengers on the bus. That's quite a bus. They, I mean, I wonder how big the bus was or how squished all the people were, but uh, that's a lot of passengers. Anyhow, um, they ordered, Al-Shabaab ordered the Muslim passengers to come out of the bus and separate themselves from the Christian passengers. And the Muslim passengers, who were mostly women, by the way, uh, refused. And they said, um, we are all, well, they, they wouldn't, um, they were saying they were all the same. They wouldn't separate themselves. Um, they, and they told them that um, to kill them, that, that the Al-Shabaab would have to kill all the Muslims, or, as well as the Christians, or leave all of them alone. And in the end, they the al-shabab you know must have been pretty shocked by that and um and did leave them alone there was a casualty there was a christian man who tried to run away and he was captured and shot dead there was also a driver of a truck that was trailing the bus and he was also killed so those were two unfortunate casualties but um the rest of the people on the bus the people who were on the bus were saved um, now, apparently, this, this um, line, this bus line, is particularly dangerous. It was headed to the city of Mandara, which is near the border with Somalia and Ethiopia. And usually it's such a security risk that most buses travel with a police escort on that route. But on this particular day, the police car that was supposed to be escorting the bus broke down and the bus continued on its journey, and a few hours later, the Al-Shabaab terrorists attacked. Now, um, Al-Shabaab, as you may know, is a Somali group. The United States has designated them as a foreign terrorist organization. Uh, they want to turn Somalia into an Islamic state, and they attack Kenya oftentimes because Kenyan forces have gone into Somalia to battle these terrorists. So they are trying to, they're, you know, they're not only attacking Somalia, but they're attacking Kenya as well to try to stop them from interfering. Now, you may remember that um, one of their, the most brutal acts of al-Shabaab was the raid on Garissa University College this past April that left nearly 150 people dead. They asked the students at the college to recite verses from the Koran, and if they couldn't, they were killed. They, they normally, they regularly storm buses, particularly during this time of year, because this is one of the busiest travel seasons in the country, because people are traveling to their relatives for the holidays. And um, last year, when they attacked, in one example of a bus attack, they shot dead 28 people who failed to recite Koran verses. So, okay, so the Christians have to learn the Koran verses <laughs> to save themselves. You know, that's always a, an interesting question. Um, maybe you've thought about it. If you were, if you were attacked, and obviously it's unlikely that you would know how to recite a verse from the Koran, but if you were asked what religion you were, and if you knew that if you told your religion, you know, whether it was Christian, Jewish, 
Muslim, whatever the religion was, if you knew that the person who was standing there with a gun um, was going to, to kill people of your religion, would you admit that you were your religion and die as someone who, you know, is proud to, um, even if it means death, to claim and stand up for your religion, or would you pretend or try to pretend that you're a different religion to save your life? That's one of those, that's a question too. you could chat about at the holiday table with your relatives. It's a very difficult ethical question. Um, I'm pretty sure that I would uh, say I'm Jewish and, um, and take the risk of dying um, because, because that's important to me. Um, but everybody can make their own decisions. Uh, let's see. The Interior Cabinet se- Secretary of, um, of Kenya said, um, we are all Kenyans. We are not separated by religion. We are one people as a nation. And this is a very good message from my brothers and sisters from the Muslim community. Now, if these kinds of things happened more often, I don't mean attacks. I'm not encouraging there to be more attacks. But if more um, Muslims stood up in this way to terrorists, that would change things around. Um, I mean, yes, it's a very brave things to, thing to do, and it's a scary thing to do, but, you know, that would certainly be um, probably one of the better arms, so to speak, that we have towards uh, terrorists, you know, than, than guns or bombs or whatever. Um, and... You know, it would be, it would really, it would really ruin the whole plan if, in fact, um, every time there was an attack, the Muslims stood up like these people did and said, "You'll have to kill us all." Um, what, what else can I tell you? Uh, you know, there's more. There are more headlines. I think I'd rather end, actually, on a positive kind of headline, relatively positive kind of headline, than to, uh, to oh, and we're kind of out of time anyway. Um, I'm, I wish you happy holidays. I, I um, hope that all the people who have been celebrating Hanukkah have had a happy holiday. I hope the people who are going to be celebrating Christmas this week have a wonderful holiday. And um, we need to, you know, if more people were... Um, tolerant and more than tolerant were were generous and were uh kind to people of all religions and um and just in general to each other even if regardless of religion um that's that's that is the message of the holidays whatever religion you practice you know that is the message that you need to be kind to other people and this year 2015 We need this kindness more than ever. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 